Hello, and thank you for joining us in worship with First United Methodist Church today. I'm Tim Clements. I'm the worship leader here at First Methodist, and I just wanted to let you know that you are welcome here. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what your background is. God is going to meet you right where you are, and you are loved, and we will do our best to love you. So if you're looking for a church home, we'd like to invite you to come and join us in person each and every Sunday. We have services at 8.30, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. The modern service is at 9.30. And also Monday nights, we have a community service uh, with a meal at 5.30 and then worship at 6. So please come and join us and share in the love of Christ with one another. God this morning.
glad to be here this morning. I know the presence of God is in this place. Let us pray. God, we thank you for today, whether we come here with our hearts happy, whether we come here with our hearts saddened or heavy with the weight of this world, God, we give it to you this morning. Uh, God, you are a God of forgiveness, a God of healing, a God of power, a God of grace. God, we just give you thanks for that because you offer it to each and every one of us, no matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, we can step forward hand in hand with you, God, knowing that you are with us, you are for us, and we will never, ever be the same because of you. God, we give all of this to you. We give you all the praise and all the glory today. Amen.
Let us hear, remember, and live out what Paul wrote in his letter to Ephesians, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Thank you. 
since we enter into a time of prayer, and uh, it is great to have Perry with us today as he continues to recover from surgery. Perry, our hearts and our prayers are with you, and we continue to pray for you. We love you very much. Many of you have asked about um, Felix, and all of us are concerned about Felix Ward. Felix is still in the uh, ICU at Moses Cone in critical condition, and he has uh, not made the improvement that we had hoped for, and the doctors had hoped for. So um, he's had a couple of rough days uh, yesterday, and this morning has been uh, a little bit difficult. So we just ask that you continue to pray for Felix, of course, and pray for Judy, and pray for God's presence to fill the room and to fill them and to be in prayer for their children and grandchildren. Judy asked me to tell you how much she is so grateful to each of you for your love and your support. Uh, it has been amazing. And the visits, the calls, the texts, everything that you all have done, uh, and as that will continue. And so we'll keep, you, uh, keep uh, giving you updates about Felix, but um, in the meantime, just continue to pray. Some of you have asked about visiting, and some of you have visited, and she's very grateful for that. Just know that um, Judy is in the room with Felix a lot, and so she may or may not be able to come out if you come uh, to the hospital, but I know you understand that. We are an amazing family here at First. And we surround each other and people in our community with love and, and support and prayers and, and everything that... Um, that we can through God's grace. So we give God great praise for Felix, and we all love Felix very much, and, and Judy, so we continue to pray and work for him. In addition to Felix and, yeah, and his family, we're also um, praying for Lloyd Sellers. He's back at home, and he was at the 8.30 service this morning, so we're gonna keep praying for him. And we're also praying for Beth Luck, Bill Hoover, Nancy Patron, of course, and Stanley Smith. So with that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Holy God, we thank you that when your Holy Spirit is here, things change. We thank you that your Holy Spirit brings life and it brings healing. And we ask for more of your Spirit today. We come to you not with a complicated, complex prayer. We come to you with a simple prayer that we need help, that we don't always know what to do, and so we need help because only you can bring healing. We need help because we don't always know how to follow you like we should. We don't always know how to forgive like we should, and so we need
then we bring the simple prayer of thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that your goodness is perfect. Thank you that your presence is always here. Thank you that you have intervened and moved again and again and again. And so we just say thank you. Thank you that you sacrificed it all for our sakes. Thank you.
today that we claim your goodness and your forgiveness and help us to grow in you. Help us to grow in your spirit. Oh, come and fill us and heal us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture today is from Genesis chapter 50 and we're reading uh, the text about Joseph forgiving his brothers. Today we will be ending our sermon series on forgiveness. This is our last Sunday in forgiveness and we'll end the service with a healing service and I'll explain that in a minute. But let us now study about Joseph and his brothers. Realizing that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers said, what if Joseph still bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong that we did to him? So they approached Joseph saying, your father gave this instruction before he died. Say to Joseph, I beg you, forgive the crime of your brothers and the wrong they did in harming you. Now, therefore, please forgive the crime of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also wept, fell down before him, and they said, here we are as your slaves. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good, in order to preserve a numerous people as he is doing today. 
So have no fear. I myself will provide for you and your little ones. In this way, he reassured them, speaking kindly to them. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. So we have been spending the last few weeks talking about forgiveness. And so today we'll continue in the last thing of forgiveness. As I've been snooping through your post-it uh, sticky notes on the walls, I've uh, been reading them and praying over them. I, uh, it was pretty much what I thought it would probably be. We have all done some things, right? We've all done some things. Raise your hands that we've done things to other people. Raise both hands. We've done a lot of things to other people. And we have all had things done to us, right? Amen. And some of us need to raise two hands because we've been hurt very deeply. And some of us uh, have been hurt a little, but we've all been hurt some. And, you know, uh, as I was snooping through your what you had put on the sticky notes, um, it's that it's very clear that we carry a lot of stuff around in the world and we... Um, have a lot of things that we need to allow God to work in us. And I noticed that some things were from strangers or from institutions or from a group of people, and, but a lot of it, as, as I would expected, came from family. It is very true that many of us struggle with family hurt, that people in our families have hurt us, and that often is uh, we, the ones that hurt us the most are the ones that we care the most about. And the ones that we hurt tend to be those that we care the most about. Sometimes we'll be nicer to the person at the store who's checking us out at the grocery store than we will be to the person who lies in bed next to us at night. Some, for some reason, it's part of our human nature is that we tend to be more raw or open, I guess, with those that are in our inner circle. And sometimes we take out the problems of the world on those that are closest around us. True? Uh, I think it's true for most of us. Maybe not all of us, but a lot of us. And, but Joseph found this to be true. He found that the, most of his problems that he had uh, revolved around his family. Here he was in the, in this um, in the story of Joseph in Genesis is that he's just a young boy and his father Jacob favored him just as Jacob's mother had favored him. Jacob had beat out who is Jacob's brother? Anybody? Esau. Esau. Very good. So. Uh, Jacob had beat out Esau for the birthright uh, blessing at his mother's insistence. And Joseph now was favored by Jacob. And he fell victim to the family dysfunction that often carries from generation to generation until there's an intervention. We all have some kind of family dysfunction at some level, right? And some of us more than others, but all of us have... Uh, issues and things that we deal with in our families. We are hurt by our families and the things that they say and things that they do to us. And we're also very much loved and embraced by the things that our families say and do for us. And Joseph grew up in such a family. His parents, Jacob and who was Jacob's wife's name? Anybody? Rebecca? Uh, Rachel and 
Uh, if you're close, the next one's right. Uh, grandparents were, who was Joseph's grandparents were? Isaac and Rebecca. Okay, I'm gonna tell y'all that there's disciple Bible study in here. <laughs> Starting in the fall. <laughs> uh, it's hard to remember all these things, it truly is. Uh, so grandparents, Isaac and Rebecca, and then great-grandparents were Sarah and Abraham. Okay, good. Uh, all had a good bit of dysfunction in their families with siblings and cousins and aunts and uncles and others in their family. They all had a little bit of dysfunction and some of them a lot of dysfunction in their families. Should make us feel a little better today, right? These are people that are our ancestors in the Bible and they had a lot of dysfunction and so if we have a lot or a little bit dysfunction it should make us feel a little bit better. It's so much more, uh, it's better for us to be authentic and to say, yeah, you know, that sister of mine. <laughs> or it's better for us to be able to talk about these things and to admit these things. And Joseph and Jacob, his father, they had a, things in their family. Jacob gave Joseph so much attention and favored him so much that he gave him what? A multicolored coat that was a prized possession. And Joseph then had dreams about his brothers bowing down to him. And so that didn't go over very well with his brothers, did it? And it angered his brothers. And they were so jealous and angry with Joseph that his brothers decided to do what? To kill him. But fortunately, one of the older brothers said, let's not kill him, but instead let's sell him into slavery to the Midianites. So you may know which older brother that was. If that, if you know that, I will buy you lunch today. Okay. But everybody's like, what was the question? <laughs> what was that? Uh, so who was the brother who saved Joseph's life? Because the brothers were all going to, uh, wanted to, they made a plan to kill him. But instead there was an older brother that said, no, let's not kill him. Oh, somebody got some lunch today. All right. Very good, y'all give it up for them. Reuben, very good. That was a tough one. Um, so Reuben says, let's not kill him, but let's put him into, or sell him into slavery to the Midianites. And so they took his dream coat, the multicolored coat, and they ripped it to shreds, dipped it in animal blood, took it home to their father, and said what? Said, look, Jacob's been, uh, Joseph's been killed, father. And Jacob was like, oh, my son, he was so grieving. And in the scriptures, we see that Jacob grieved so much because Joseph was his favorite son. And so his brothers had done this terrible thing, and then they lied to cover it up, and they caused such pain to their father. So parents, when your children say they did their homework and they didn't, this story about Joseph's brothers might make you feel a little better. Joseph's family and his father Jacob, who is Israel, his brothers, they were all dysfunctional, and they had a lot of problems, and they did things that seemed unforgivable. They sold their brother into slavery to the Midianites. They had first planned to kill him. It seems almost so much that it's unforgivable. 
And we too may have some of those things in our families that maybe it's our family, but maybe it's someone else that seems that they've done something to us that's almost unforgivable, that it's hard for us to understand. And as it would happen, as it often happens in the scriptures, the tables are turned. Tables are turned and Joseph and because Joseph's ability to interpret dreams, he interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. And so then Pharaoh then put him in charge of the government and the dream that he had about famine. And so then Joseph was in charge of distributing the food when there was famine in the land and people were going hungry. And so Joseph had a, a lot of power and a lot of control. And so Jacob sends Joseph's brothers who are uh, to the land of Egypt and they come over to Egypt to get food to take it back home and when they come they come begging for the food which their very lives depended on their very lives depended on Joseph their brother who they had sold into slavery into to the Midianites that their very lives depended on Joseph giving them the food and so there they are, standing in front of Joseph. And they had piled on probably little stones when Joseph was a little boy. Insults and exclusion from the family. And then they had piled on bigger stones over the years. And then they tried to put a tombstone on him. And so there are Joseph's brothers standing there in front of him. And at first, they did not recognize him, but Joseph recognized them. Isn't that true often the way it works, that the offender is not the one that recognizes things? That the offender is the one who doesn't realize the pain and the trouble and the harm that they've done, but the person that's been offended understands and sees that clearly. Joseph sees his brothers standing there before him and they recognize, he recognizes them, but they do not recognize him. Joseph's whole family, his, including his father at this time, his father had not died, that their whole existence depended on forgiveness. Their whole existence depended on forgiveness. And when Joseph's brothers finally recognize him, Joseph then weeps out loud, and so did his brothers. He's so overcome with the emotion of forgiveness, so overcome with seeing his brothers for the first time in many, many years. And when uh, Joseph sees them and recognizes them, he says to them, even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good. That God brought some goodness out of that by putting, by Joseph being put into slavery with the Midianites. Joseph was then used by God to, to minister to Pharaoh and all the Egyptians. That God had used Joseph in so many powerful ways. And, and now Joseph was saving the whole land because he was being smart and using his wisdom to distribute the food during a famine. Isn't that just like God to take something that we intend for harm and to do something good? 
Isn't that just like God when we do something sort of passive-aggressive and then God does something good with it? Right? Isn't that just like God to find a way to bring good out of the things that we think that are bad? Isn't that just like God to take all of our stuff and to make something beautiful out of it? And so what Joseph does to forgive his brothers, he lets go of the boulders and the tombstone that they tried to lay on him. You know, and so for us, that we may have the same thing, boulders that have been placed on our lives, but we all have certainly have pebbles and rocks that have been thrown at us. And so if we can let go of even the small things, what happens in our families, I think, is that there's a lot of small stuff that we do to each other. We, you know, we say things, we're short with each other, we're grumpy or, you know, um, we wake up grumpy or we let grumpy sleep. But we, that was a joke. Um, but we're grumpy in our families and we say little things short with each other, right? And they're little pebbles that we throw at each other. Or we, you know, we act out in passive aggressive ways in our families. Uh, I know that my brother doesn't like turkey casserole, so I'm going to make turkey casserole for dinner. You know, we, we act out in little passive-aggressive ways, and we think, oh, I'm just going to get back at them, you know. She said something mean to me, so I'm going to say something mean to them. Uh, we're going, you know, uh, he made fun of me, embarrassed me in public, so, oh, he's going to get it at home. And these pebbles then become a wall. And we build a wall around ourselves and our families. So instead, let's let go of the pebbles today. And let us, it's not that we continue to let people to hurt us, and, but if we're the ones throwing the pebbles, let's let go of that. If somebody's throwing pebbles at us, let's try to let go of that as well, even though sometimes that's harder to do. And sometimes the boulders, the, the hurt is so heavy that we are not sure how we're going to get through and especially when there's no recognition from the person who's thrown the stone at us. When there's no recognition and no acknowledgement, no remorse, no I'm sorry, and the pebbles and the stones get piled up. But you see, there is a way out of things. There is a way out because God is the God of redemption. God took the greatest offense in the world, Jesus being crucified on a cross, and made something good out of it. God can take any of the pebbles and the stones and make something beautiful out of those things. So today, you are invited to come. There'll be three stations uh, here, and just come to one of the stations. And as you come, you can say maybe a word that you want to say, or you can say nothing at all of what you would like to be healed of. Maybe it's physical or spiritual or financial, or maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe you've been holding on to a stone, and you need to put the stone down today. You know, as a community of faith, we do take good care of each other, and so... One of the things I'm going to ask you today as we enter into this holy time is that we're going to make it as much holy chaos as we can 
And so I'm going to invite you to go over to the wall and just take us, not your sticky note, but uh, someone else's sticky note. Go back here and get one off the wall here and one over here. And just take a sticky note, uh, one to three, or and take those home with you and you commit to pray over those things for each other. From our book of worship in the Methodist Church, there are several service of healings. And so from this service, let us hear from 2 Peter 1 and 2. May grace and peace be yours in abundance in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. We come together today to lift up our brothers and our sisters before the Lord that they might receive healing. We come today, all of us, so that we can be healed and open our hearts to the Spirit of the Lord. Let us pray. O oh God, the giver of health and salvation, we give thanks to you for the gift of oil. As your holy apostles anointed many who were sick and healed them, so pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on this gift, that those who in faith and repentance receive this anointing, that each of us will be made whole today. Lord, we come for your anointing to heal us, to make us whole so that we can claim the goodness that you've given us and how you've created us so good. Lord, we come and we lay down the things that have hurt us and the things that we have done to cause harm, so that we can be peace-seeking and reconciling, that we can be the people that show love in the world. Come, Holy Spirit, and heal us. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill us. For we are yours. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you. 
Almighty God, we pray that we will be comforted in all of our struggles and our suffering and that you will make us whole. When we are afraid, give us courage. When we are weak, grant us your strength. When we are afflicted, give us patience. 
And when we are lost, we ask, Lord, for your hope. When we are lonely, move others to our side. Lord, we thank you for your healing presence today. Now help us, God, to go out into this world to show your healing presence to others so that others will see your love and your grace. Lord, we praise you and thank you for all that you are. And we give our hearts and our lives to you. First, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Now, as forgiven and reconciled people, as we have given over to God, let us now go out into the world to love and to care for others. May God continue to work in us here. And may God continue to work in us out in the world. May you go now in the love of God, the peace of Jesus Christ, the communion of the Holy Spirit, this day and forevermore. May it be yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace and rock the world, people. <laughs> <laughs>